welcome to talc teaching and learning consultation skills this is the talc talks podcast helping everyone who sees patients to improve their consultation skills to get better outcomes and this approach can even increase your job satisfaction This podcast concerns the module Talc Skills for Effective Endings to the Consultation and it's about the chapter called How Does an Effective Ending Improve Patient Safety and Help to Prevent Complaints? Complaints are something that most clinicians are very keen to avoid and all consultations have to come to an end sooner or later. So let's think about how effective endings can come about. All consultations do come to an end in the end, and if all the core skills of beginning consultations effectively, gathering information and providing suitable explanations for a personalised care plan, if they're all in place, then the ending of the consultation should be straightforward. If those earlier skills are not in place, the end of the consultation can be complicated because the two parties have incompatible agendas. The clinician is aiming to complete the consultation and see the next patient, but then the patient suddenly says, by the way, or, oh, I also wanted to mention. In other situations, the patient makes it clear that they don't understand the clinician's explanation or that the proposed plan is unsuitable in some critical way. That is why it's really essential for a good ending to the consultation to invest in the beginning and to use the core skills of all the TALC modules to bring the consultation to an ending that is satisfactory for both clinician and patient. However, the ending of a consultation is a bit like landing an aeroplane. The journey may be over in one sense, but there are still specific skills that need to be in place to complete things safely. The closing parts of the consultation are crucial for patient safety, especially in primary care or urgent situations. When the clinical issues are not clear cut, or where there is long-term illness of any kind to deal with, the skills for closing the consultation are essential to signal the next phase of care or to ensure that appropriate contingency plans have been agreed. The purposes of the closing phase of the consultation could be considered to be like this. Firstly, to confirm the plan of care, to ensure agreement about the next steps, to make sure that appropriate safety netting has occurred and to ensure an appropriate point of ending with an end summary and final checking. The clinician continues to work collaboratively with the patient during this phase and this builds the relationship for any future care and ensures that contingency plans are suitable, fully accepted and understood by the patient. Now, is this what usually happens in consultations? In fact, there's quite a lot of evidence to suggest that closing of the consultation often gives rise to various problems for clinician and patient alike, and that the key features are often missing. In one study, more than one in five patients brought up new problems when the clinician was expecting the consultation to finish. And although 75% of clinicians did clarify the plan with patients, only about half orientated to the patient to the next steps, and only about a third checked the patient's understanding or provided any opportunities to ask questions. Changing circumstances or deteriorations in health conditions can give rise to risks to patient safety if no clear contingency plans are in place.
When complaints or litigation occur, the commonly cited problems include unanticipated changes with inadequate safety netting, poorly understood safety netting, or often poorly documented safety netting. Fortunately, when clinicians use effective skills, they can avoid such problems while actually increasing patient satisfaction. There are other issues that potentially disrupt effective endings to the consultation, apart from the so-called late arising complaints and hidden agendas. Clinicians should try to establish the agenda early on using the skills covered in TALC, Skills for Beginning Consultations Effectively, how is a consultation like a business meeting? But late arising issues will always be prevented if clinicians pay full attention to the patient's ideas and concerns and elicit their expectations for care. The clinician who is sensitive to hidden issues will respond effectively to clues and cues during the earlier part of the consultation. They will invite questions and overtly ask, have we covered everything? And that will usually prevent difficulties at the end. The skills required for this are covered in the TALC modules, Skills for Effective Information Gathering, and in the TALC modules that cover explanations and planning of personalised care. There are some behaviours on the part of the clinician that can cause the closing stages of a consultation to take longer. These include clinicians asking new open questions, clinicians engaging in psychosocial discussions, social chit-chat, or if clinicians fail to use clear signposting as the interview proceeds. If effective signposting is used throughout the consultation, it's much easier to signal the end by saying something like, well, before we finish, can I just check with you that we've covered everything? So here are the specific skills that make for an effective closure. First of all, confirm the plan of care. This process is sometimes referred to as contracting, which captures the idea that both parties need to be in agreement about a suitable plan for future care. The process of agreeing a plan of care should have occurred during the explanation and planning of personalised care phases of the consultation. If the process has been completed successfully before the closing stages, confirming the plan may be simply a matter of recapping what the mutually agreed actions and responsibilities are. The next step is to ensure agreement about what is going to happen next. Identifying the next steps begins the process of signalling that the consultation is moving towards a close and the clinician can use appropriate phrases to help this along. Something like, so to recap before you go, signalling that the end is coming, the next step for you is to have the blood test and I will contact you with the results when they come back. Next, ensuring that appropriate safety netting has occurred is essential. Safety netting often takes a very cursory form along the lines of come back if you don't get better or even contact us again if things don't settle or call out of ours or go to A&E or call an ambulance. However, such vague and non-specific safety netting may be not adequate to deal with the relevant issues for many patients. Roger Neighbour suggests there are three key questions for the clinician to ask themselves during the closing part of the consultation. If I am right, what will I expect to happen? How will I know that I am wrong? And what would need to happen then? As in other areas of the consultation, effective safety netting is personalised to the specific needs of the patient, taking into account their unique situation and problems 
and giving advice that is tailored to the individual. This often entails skillful use of the small words. See how to change everything by using the small words skillfully and, but, if, when and what. Roger Neighbour elegantly sets out that safety netting includes different kinds of follow-up plan. When the clinician considers, if I am right, what do I expect to happen and how will I know if I'm wrong? This means the clinician can make a specific plan personalised to the individual. Is the clinician asking a patient to come back after a specific time, say in a week, or to come back if certain things happen, for example, worsening breathing problems, or if certain things don't happen, the symptoms don't go away completely, perhaps. Similarly, the clinician can ask for follow-up when a specific thing happens, say, when someone's discharged from hospital, or unless something happens, unless the rash completely clears up. The clinician must also ponder what would need to happen then. This actually helps clinicians to develop their thoughts about what they might do in these different circumstances and what other options might need to be considered. How much time can safely elapse before further decisions need to be taken about someone's care? In some situations, it can be relevant to write down safety netting for instructions for a patient or to anticipate a specific possibility. This looks like a viral sore throat, but if things are not settling next week and the glands stay up, we might need to consider doing a glandular fever test. Now, if the clinician says that and the patient does remain unwell and the positive glandular fever test turns up, then the fact that the clinician anticipated that possibility will mean that clinician will be seen as careful and prescient rather than someone who missed the diagnosis first time round. Being aware of the wider clinical implications of symptoms failing to settle or of symptoms recurring can assist with better and safer note-keeping as well. If you write sore throat symptomatic treatment, that might be appropriate, but sore throat with hoarseness, see if hoarseness does not settle in two weeks, makes for more effective safety netting. The clinician also needs to ensure an appropriate point of ending with an end summary and final checking. Summarising is an essential tool to use during the closing phases of the consultation. It's a useful aid to accuracy and adherence because it provides a final opportunity for clinician and patient to confirm their deliberations and a final check that the patient is happy with things or has any remaining questions. Ideally, at this point, the patient will reply with, no, that's fine, thanks for listening, I feel better now we have a plan and you've answered all my questions. It's worth reflecting on body language and other non-verbal skills towards the end of the consultation also. This is a point when a slight shift in posture, temporary breaking of eye contact, handing over a prescription or a leaflet, or moving away from the patient slightly can be legitimate ways to indicate that the end of the consultation is imminent. If consulting on the telephone, using phrases such as before we finish or before you go can be really helpful. Remember that not all endings need to be efficient. Some late problems arise because the clinician hasn't covered the issues properly or hasn't listened properly early on and it's unfair to penalise the patient for that. Don't shut them out for the sake of short-term efficiency. On other occasions, the patient only discovers their own real agenda as the doctor-patient relationship is built up. 
At first it may be difficult to talk about something embarrassing or difficult or personal until trust has been established. Sometimes the patient's underlying concerns only become apparent to themselves when their clinician has listened, picked up hints or clues and brought things out. Often time invested in a slightly longer consultation, one that allows for proper exploration of the problems, will save time in the longer run. Repeated short consultations will always use at least part of their time on greetings and rebuilding rapport, which could be wasteful of time, and they encourage a transactional rather than a relationship building approach, which may mean that important matters are not properly dealt with. The clinician needs to be creative, thinking about possible solutions for later rising complaints if time is very tight. Balancing access, safety and time constraints can require tact and skill. Clinicians can develop their safety netting skills by working with others to practice them and there are some suitable resources and suggestions for teaching and learning methods in the further parts and the written parts of this module. This podcast was brought to you by NHS Professional Educators, making training available to all.